When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, here we go. One more, one more time before the Cowboys, you know, ultimately disappoint me on Sunday. <laughs> Welcome to the Rink Rat Report podcast, the podcast about the Toronto Maple Leafs. As always, joined by my co-host Jason. How's it going, guys? Uh, good week. Two days, two games since we last talked. Two wins since we last talked. So, good. Uh... Good, Pretty good, much, good, yeah, because good we scenes. recorded on like Thursday. We recorded, Correct. we recorded after the Anaheim game, which Correct. honestly, I think we can just like we can easily, easily, easily breeze through those two games. So yeah. we're gonna quickly go through those because there isn't too too much to say. I'm gonna be quite honest here, but yeah. we'll talk about that. We're gonna talk a little bit. We're gonna go into some trade discussions. Some one player, not even a trade discussion about him. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into. I want to take a little bit, a quick look at the standings because we're almost at forty games. The Leafs are at thirty-eight games. A lot of other teams are at forty games right now, meaning it's time to start peeking at the standings. It's not too early. We're almost halfway through the season. Twenty twenty-three, twenty-four is almost halfway done. Before you know it going to be the end of the season again and the Leafs are not going to be disappointing us in the first round so nice try that's an unoriginal joke and it's uncreative but before we get into all of that we know hockey games move fast but with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL you can score faster than anything happening on the ice this week new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bet bonus bets uh, last night against the Sharks, I pulled a very good move. So I, I bet Noah Gregor anytime just because I was like, hey, former team, home, why not? He got pulled from the game due to illness. So his replacement, Nick Robertson, I put a little bit on him and bam, found the back of the net. So that was fun. Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, new customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100 68 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2024 all rights reserved so let's get into the games what were what stood out to you over these two games it might be it's this is kind of like extrapolating from not just only these two games but like the last four and i want to say maybe the last six um 
and that's just kind of how much more and this might be completely because we're playing against Anaheim, San Jose twice, played against LA LA's a respective team, but um they've again, lost six not, in a row. Not yeah, fair. Um, but not the toughest of competition. But um yeah, I think that our D have really kind of come together and, and looked like a little bit better than it's looked in the previous years, previous years, sorry, previous weeks. And it's it's obvious, like it's it's probably a result of them just simply returning from injury and us kind of getting I don't I, I guess calling it injury regression mm-hmm. where like the guy all the guys who got hurt at once now they're starting to slowly come back and now we have our full prop like majority of our full proper lineup in there uh so hopefully no one else gets hurt anymore but like man like it, the the D look a lot better Jake McCabe mm-hmm. re- looks like he's really been stepping into form as of late um playing Jordana the right looks, side too yeah Jake exactly. McCabe playing the right side too that's been huge who also looked really good, like on the left, like really good, like in context of like the player that he is, right? Like playing, he's playing top yeah. four minutes for us, base like ish, right? Like that second and third pairing always kind of split minutes, so it's not really top four pair, but but still, and also the minutes are going to get wonky when you blow a team out seven one and and four one or whatever those two games were. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed with the D and how we kind of handled, um. How, how just kind of their improved play overall um yeah didn't give up too much exactly and and it's not even just about like our own play in our defensive zone just in all three zones um i feel like we we're doing better on the breakouts making it a little bit easier on the forwards to break the puck out um doing a lot activating off the blue line uh not, not being scared to kind of jump up in the rush in the neutral zone like a lot of the good things that i noticed so again i could have to be could could be that they're playing basically like an AHL team in the San Jose Sharks. No offense, to San Jose, but uh, yeah, that's like kind of the biggest thing that stood out to me yeah. this week. Martin Jones, couple of good games. The w- number one thing for him me as well, obviously, is that revenge games. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining. Hey, we lost points to Buffalo. We've lost twice to this year. They've lost to Ottawa twice this year. Who Ottawa looks terrible. They fired yeah. DJ Smith. They've in those ten games afterwards. They've yeah. outshot their opponents once. Yeah. Can I just say though about the Ottawa thing? Like they, they love suck. DJ. They they suck. They love DJ Smith and DJ Smith loved like it was such like a, a black swan moment for them to come into Toronto and beat Toronto because like former coach used to play, used to coach here. You know, it's like a little yeah. extra more meaning for them in that game, which is probably why they played. Re- That's probably one of their Speaks best. They so played season. them that game. They did. They really did. Uh, was that the 6 3 game? I can't remember. On. Um, no, they, they beat them in six, three game and the three, two game, both in Toronto, but then in Ottawa, which is just another home game for the Leafs, essentially the Leafs won that one losing Joseph Waldo. So, yeah, but anyways, so that was my biggest takeaway was not playing down to your competition, especially against Anaheim. I thought they played well against Anaheim as well. So those three games there, that was really, really key because you play down to your competition there. It was it would it would be tough sledding after that. You can't you cannot do that. Like last mm. year they did that and it was uh took a little bit, but then they got going afterwards, so that was okay. Um, but I will say this San Jose sucks. That is such a bad hockey team. I feel bad for anyone that actually watches the San Jose Sharks. I know one Sharks fan, he doesn't watch anymore. They stink. They have so many guys on there that are just not good. And they have, on top of that, I will say this, for a relatable Leafs fan moment, for anyone that actually watched the 15-16 Leafs, not many people did. 
I did. Watched way too much of them. The 15-16 Leafs, just they worked hard. They weren't very good, though. The San Jose Sharks are like the 15-16 Leafs. Minus effort. Minus physicality. Could you imagine watching a full season of the 15-16 Leafs minus the effort? They stink. There are so many guys out there that are just so lost in the defensive zone. They have some guys that have a little bit of talent, but honestly, none of those guys deserve to be traded from that team. They deserve to rot there the rest of that season. There are not many guys at all. Mario Ferraro, sure, he tries really hard. He does. I'll give him that credit. But there are guys like... There are so many guys. I've, I've watched San Jose in other games as well. There are just way too many guys making the same mistakes where it's just laziness. It's like, okay, what are you, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you in this league? Because it doesn't look like you're playing for another contract. I feel so bad for that, those goalies because Capo Kakinen, before last night, was having actually a decent season. Mackenzie Blackwood has had some good games. He's had some bad ones. He played pretty well against the Leafs, I would say. And the funny thing is the Leafs outscored the San Jose Sharks 11 to 2 over 2 games. They hit the post 6 times. Nuts. 7, 7 times I believe in those 2 games. Sharks got one. They got one post, okay. But the Leafs have hit the post in California, I swear they hit the post at least 7 times. And then they come back to Toronto, they hit the post like another 3 times. Like it was, it was just, it was a shit kicking and that San Jose Sharks team is awful. And it's going to take a hell of a lot more than Macklin Celebrini to pull them out of the depths. But then again, we said that about Chicago last year and Chicago is awful again this year. So they might get Macklin Celebrini, who knows with uh, no Bedard <laughs> there, but uh, anyways, yeah. yeah uh, had... Broken jaw. Ooh, just keep your head up. I, just something that you mentioned there quickly that I wanted to touch on. I, I'm, I was pissed when we played Anaheim because I wanted to take a look at Radko Gudis. Was he going to get traded? Probably not. He has a three year deal. But like, yeah, just no. with the with the direction of the team though, with like this mm-hmm. that uh, that Cutter Gauthier trade, like dry steel trade. I don't. Who knows where where they're looking? What they're thinking of doing? Because like, does he even? Anyways, I, I was bothered that he didn't play that game, but I was happy because one of the guys who's at top of the trade boards. I know I'm kind of like jumping topics here, but I just want to bring up. Duclair a bit because uh I never like we got we got to watch I, I got to watch his game a little bit more intensely to like these two mm-hmm. games and man this guy this guy lives at the blue line it's crazy he like loves to cherry pick like that's crazy. his thing he he loves crazy. leaving the zone and I I don't Awful know if it was defensively him. I don't know if it was him on the Riley goal um the the, the Riley goal in the second game oh but yeah when Nylander went to the point literally three guys on San Jose like chased them and like blew the blue line and Riley just slipped right through and Nylander dropped it to him. And like, it was like, what are we doing here? Like, I I don't know. That was a bad defensive breakdown. What about the Nylander goal in the first game where he banked it from behind the net? Oh, that was brutal. That was brutal. What the hell was that? (laughs) That that was in the NHL. They made at the top of the crease, pretty much two passes. They completed two passes. Oh, uh, I, I gets the puck, passes to Nylander. Nylander back to Tavares, back to Nylander. How, like, uh, if you're an owner watching that, like, you better be, <laughs> like, going down to the GM and the president and saying, I hope this kid that you guys are losing so badly for is, like, the second coming of Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, because that was 
awful. And if I was the goal, like Mackenzie Blackwood almost smashed his stick. Imagine making that save. That was an awesome save. And it just gets banked off you in the back of that. Like, where is everyone? What were they doing? Like a bunch of nose pickers in the defensive zone on San Jose. Holy moly. You could have made like, like Sharknado. If you were, if the San Jose Sharks were a movie, they'd be Sharknado if you had a $13 budget and just for some reason, a pile of feces that you had to use. That's the San Jose shark. You don't have enough money for actual sharks. You have to replace all the sharks with feces because that's what they are. They're the fucking fart NATO storm. I don't even know what to call them anymore. <laughs> they suck. That was so unacceptable of a hockey. That was not an acceptable hockey team at all. Just both games. I was like, why am I even the Leafs are winning? Why am I even watching this? Like, this is horrible. Horrible, horrible. But on your point, Anthony Duclair, we'll get into him. Trade target. Yeah. He's on the trade boards. He's on the trade board. He just his style of play is crazy. Uh, I don't remember that in the last. When we he played did not look Florida. like that in Florida. He yeah. did not like look he like actually like looked like he has zero fucks. He's like, just give me the fucking puck and get me as many fucking points as I can and get me the hell out of here. He was so like, I'm not yeah, even kidding you. Like, he was. I know, but you're not good. He's not good life. enough to be playing like that. Yeah. He's not putting up enough points to play like that. Yeah. Like, I, I, uh, how many points do you have this anyways, year? Not many. <laughs> they not not a lot. Let's say player stats. Fourteen. Oof. Oh, Thomas Hurdle, who's actually a decent player. Like he's he's their only good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't care about him because he's signed for God knows he's how long. Signed for whatever. <laughs> he's probably going to demand a trade though. Yeah. Uh, Mikael Granlin's second. He has a weird stride. Eklund's actually a promising young player. Fabian mm-hmm. Zetterland. Um, is just the worst defensive player I've seen in a long time. And then you got Anthony Duclair. So congrats. You're on the worst team in hockey. You're an offensive only player, it seems like this year. And you are one, two, three, four, fifth on your team in points with 14 and 37 games. And he's got a three and a half million dollar cap hit. Yeah, they have a weird, weird little setup here. I remember when they said, like, oh, I forgot who it was. I think it was uh, someone someone said on on uh on Sportsnet that uh, during an intermission, oh, the like, I think this was like a month ago, Sharks are like willing to trade a bunch of like all their defensemen are available. If you look through their defensemen, who the who would you want? Realistically, it's it's very slim pickings. It's not like like, anyways. Um, but yeah, this last Vlas the corpse of Alex uh, Mark Edward, dude. That was hilarious when they were like, yeah, they're willing to tra- they're willing to trade Vlasic. First of all, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah. Second of all, he still makes seven mil for three years. They were barely able to get a good return for Carlson. Yeah. Like, what about Vlasic, who literally does nothing? Like, yeah, if you're gonna be that bad, at least fight. Like, yeah, they called up Scott Sabrin. He didn't even, I didn't even notice him until he high sticked someone. I noticed him a lot. He's nuts. He's a German. He used to play for the Leafs, remember? Yes, yes. Remember his only game? Guess who he fought? Milan Lucic. Heard of him? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw, I was at the game and I saw him and, Geo were kind of going at it a bit because uh Sabrin hit like there was an offside call. It was like the whistle was a little late and he gave like Robertson a little shot. So then Geo came and gave him a little shot too, which is always good to see the boys sticking up for the boys. So yeah. Um you know anyways, what Scott Sabrin is most famous for? The Matthews, what number Matthews jersey check. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? What? Yeah. What where where'd you come but, from? Who are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot of bad players on this hockey team. Um yeah, I don't know who you get. Like Mike Hoffman, 
before the season, I'd be like, oh, maybe more playing time. He's got a really good shot. Maybe the team could use him. He's got 13 points in 40 games, like not shooting as much this year, eight goals in 40 games. So like that's whatever, but. Mike, was he playing last night? I didn't. I didn't. Didn't even know he was on the ice. Oh, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even. Didn't even see him on the ice. That was crazy. Oh my god. So I don't know what like the Sharks are going to sell at the deadline. At least Chicago last year had like Jake McCabe, and this year they have Dickinson, and yeah, they had Domi, and they traded Patrick Kane. Like, is Hurdle gonna be able to get moved? Does anyone want Granlin for five mil? Like, yeah, it's tough scenes out here for the Sharks. They can also only retain two there. contracts this year. So, oh, they can only retain one contract. One contract. You can max retain two. They're retaining Carlson. So, good job, and guys. You can max retain three. They're retaining Brent Burns as well. Oh, I forgot about that. It's just crazy. They got fleeced on that too. Anyways, we're, we're, we're talking so much about the Sharks here. It's just. Fun to go through. Trade deadline. Trade deadline. Imagine if this was a if the Leafs end up in the same position as the Sharks. Oh my God! It would just I would do do full episodes on Will Smith. That would be that would be it. That'd be all I could talk about. Oh, the Sharks played last night. I don't care. Uh, They're fourth overall pick. Oh, I thought thought you were talking about the no. Come on. Anyways, um, all right. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on the game? I guess. Yeah, the Sharks suck. Fair enough. That's it. Are you are you imp- not not impressed? But like, are you like ha- like overall happy with the trend, or do you see the same things that I saw, where like the general trend and the general direction of our defensemen are like kind of going in the right? It seems right to be way better, way. and it's like Martin Jones is playing awesome. Everyone's citing he's got a nine thirty six save percentage, which includes like four goals in the Buffalo game, which was an average Sharks game. It seems like. Um, so his actual save percentage in games in which he has started is probably even higher, but it's been odd because it's been Martin Jones has gotten a lot of starts against non-playoff teams. Like mm. against Columbus, he played well. I will give him credit there. He did play very well there, but it was against Columbus again, like against Anaheim. He played well, but again, Anaheim's fourth last in the least against the sharks. He played well, but the sharks stink. Um, like then there's the New York game where I thought he played decently, but um, got a little bit unlucky. There was the other seven, three New York game where he played pretty well there, I will say. And mm-hmm. then there's Carolina and LA. So the majority of his starts have been against weaker teams, but he has shown some good play against stronger teams. So that's where I'm not going to go, you know, praising Bradtree living as the goalie guru or whoever their goalie scout is right now quite yet because martin jones is playing very well the d are doing a good job in front of him i would yeah. just like to see that like this weekend <laughs> the, the games go from anaheim sharks sharks to then islanders who have been very very up and down this year and the oilers i believe no oilers. avalanche oh, and red Aval- wings next okay. weekend is i believe oilers Calgary, Vancouver. oilers yeah. yeah 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 so we got Oilers, Flames. We got a little bit of a... And then Seattle. We got a West, big Western trip coming up here. And just quickly, yeah. like you mentioned about Martin Jones, he kind of ran through majority of his starts here. But uh, yeah, so the Rangers, play the Rangers twice, those playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, LA, third playoff team. Carolina, fourth playoff team. Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Do you count those? 
Pittsburgh, like yeah, Pittsburgh's right on the cusp right now. Five, and they're playing yeah. very, very well. And he made a 30 save, 38 save shutout. I know they lost seven nothing, but he made some good ones in that one. Like I so know five, in garbage, oh, it's garbage time, it's garbage time, whatever. But the other team is trying to score and they got some good chances and he made some good saves. So you gotta yes. credit him there. Yeah, so let's give him five starts against good teams, five starts against non-playoff teams. Five and so, I believe he's five. Okay. No. Oh, he's six and five. Six and four. Oh my goodness. Six and four. Anyways, yeah. So I, I agree. I think Martin Jones has been playing well and he's definitely like helped offset Ilya Samsonov, which is massive. Speaking of which, Ilya Samsonov. Six and, oh, six and four is in the split or like win, wins losses. Sorry. No, he's eight and three. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the games he's only the games he started. That's what that's why. So the games that he's come in and has not started don't count on this list that I'm looking at. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 Play well. Yes. Um, Again, anyways, limit the east gonna, to west chances. You got yourself a good goalie there. Exactly, and Samsonov, which is what I was saying here. Like going off of so that is a big talking point that I actually forgot to talk about. Yes, so it's a big, big one, and why? So Samsonov called up again on this podcast. We're only saying that he's going to play well, um, and that's it. No negativity. He's going to play well. So it's a determination of who's going to start this Sunday. So this Thursday it's going to be Martin Jones for sure. Then you got a back to back. You have Avalanche. Very good hockey team. Then you have the Red Wings. Out of the playoffs, but, you know, still a decent hockey team. Can beat some good teams. Not yep. not, not the Red Wings of old, I will say. They're only one point out of the a playoff spot with two games in hand. So they're fighting. They're still in the mix. So do you want to really start 34-year-old Martin Jones back-to-back? And then the next weekend after that, you have another, another Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Very interesting. So, like you said, we play Avalanche, Red Wings this week. Next week, same thing, Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back, Canucks, Kraken. Um, so, are you penciling in Mark, uh, So penciling in Ilya Samsonov for a start Sunday? Yes or no? Uh, I don't – I'm going to – I have no idea, honestly. I really don't know. So, something that's interesting about this little uh, transaction here, someone on Twitter, I, I, sh- I should have wrote down who it was. I should give them credit. I apologize for not giving them credit. But they mentioned that this could actually just be a paper transaction. Uh, to one, gives Dennis Hill to be some like actual some like reps and starts in the uh, AHL, uh, and it's possible that so the the Marlies play Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they play at home. They the play. Leafs play Saturday Sunday, both at home. So. Mm-hmm. What the Leafs could easily do is just have Samsonov on the bench for tomorrow's game, which would be Thursday. Have Samsonov on the bench for the Thursday game. Let, uh, let let uh, uh, be go down to the minors, play his game. Start Friday, yeah. Start Friday, and then come back up for Saturday, Sunday as a potential starter for the back to back. Is that possible? Maybe. No. I just I just don't no. see. I, I, it's not know, happening. I, it was Nick don't... Richard that said it. It's not happening. Why are you not starting him against Anaheim? And you're going to start him against the Detroit Red Wings? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You could have started him against the San Jose Sharks. You had two opportunities to do so. so you didn't do it once. Why I, are you I starting que- him against the Red Wings? I have a question here then. Do you give Samsonov the first start against the Red Wings? Or do you give the, him the first start against the Avalanche? Because one, if Red he Wings. goes out, 
here's the th- but here's the thing though. If he goes out against the Red Wings and gets crushed, that's a game you should win that you're going to lose because he got like it, as a result of him playing bad, correct? Right? Like if if you were to play bad, that's a game you should win. If he plays bad against the Avalanche, it's almost like an easier pill to swallow as a team to be like, "Hey, it's the Avalanche. They're actually a good team here." I I I don't know. You're not playing the 85 Bears. Like you're you're the Leafs. You're supposed to be a good team. You have good players. You have good yeah. enough players. You're paying half of them eleven and a half million dollars, it seems like. So how is then losing to the Avalanche, who are 41 games played 55 points? You're 38 games, 49 points. Like they're pretty close to you. Like give the give Samson off the easier so- start. But why? But the only reason why we would give Samsonov an easier start is to kind of make him give him more confidence. If we're if we know that we're going to go back to ball and we know Martin Jones is already and we're okay with starting Martin Jones in the meantime until Wall comes back, why do we care about giving Samsonov confidence? Our goal should be to maximize wins. That's what our goal should be. Not so then focusing. start Martin Jones back to back is what you're saying. I no, I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Mac, I like. I think start Samsonov has the ability to be a good goal goalie. We've seen that. I think mm-hmm. challenging him is the best thing you can do. Then baby, then then kind of give him baby step, like spoon feed him. It's I not guess baby steps. It's it's the red way. So you're yeah, not giving him the sharks. I for sure, but like the diff, there's definitely a step up in competition between the Red Wings and the uh, and the Avalanche, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. like I I would just rather have Martin Jones starting against the Red Wings to kind of give us the better chance to win. Maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know. You've seen Samson off against the Red Wings though this year. Yeah, that it's that a doesn't like, game. So then that that if it if anything, yeah, I guess that could be better for him. But I would just give him the second know. game. I mean, like you're on, on the back to back. Yeah. Like the, the problem is there needs to be much logic behind it. Just like start your better goalie against the better team. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. The, the also the, another problem with starting him on the second half of the back to back is that again, naturally players play diminishes, like from the first back to back to a second back to back. So maybe there's like a little bit of fatigue setting in there. And we put it like it could actually just be putting him in a worse spot there with the team play in front of him. Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I personally would Red, not. Do the Red Wings play on Saturday? I, that's a good question. They do. Um, they play at home versus the Kings and then they travel. Travel. Up so they, the whatever. It's not a far travel, but it's an away a, game. Yeah. So the Leafs have the advantage in that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I would just want, I want to win for sure one of those two games. Of course, you want to win starting both. Martin Jones in Detroit, it gives you the best chance to win the Detroit game. So that's kind of my backwards logic here, but I think it's a good, good question to have. And starting Martin Jones against the Avalanche gives you the best chance to beat that's the Avalanche. True. So then we got to start in both games, like just run them, run them down. Run them you down have to start Samson off eventually. You have two back to backs on two weekends, maybe. maybe. Maybe next week is the week against Seattle or an easier, less offensively potent team. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know because the Red Wings can still score. Red Wings can still score, so it's an interesting little. But will be cool to see the, the who who starts for us here. Pay attention to your phones to see who the starting goalie is. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a lot that can happen there because yeah, and also pay attention to the waiver wire Saturday or sun, Saturday and Sunday morning because we could see. They call Hill to be back up. I exactly. doubt it, but that's uh, it's it's an it's possible. Crazier things have happened. It's entirely possible. Yeah, if I told you that Ilya Samsonov had an 8.50 save percentage in January, would you believe me? Like, no, you wouldn't have. So we've seen some pretty crazy things. Could have gave you could have given me like a hundred goalie names <laughs> that last year. 
I would not say that any of them would have an 850. Like, yeah. Ugh. Just the way it works. Small sample gets the best of all. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything Leafs related this week. No, like you talked about the Nylander contract a bit. We don't have to go into it too a much. I did a 45 a minute lot, episode. A lot. Sorry. You talked talked about it a lot and it's probably it's already been talked about at nauseum too so yeah, we're done. um but yeah let let i think this kind of does affect though something that we mentioned earlier uh, about like trade stability trade, yeah like what what we're willing to give and what we're willing to like be willing what we're going to be willing to part ways with at this trade deadline we met i mentioned earlier that i, th- I thought minton could be one of those players first round pick could be available brad true living recently has come out um just to talk about how he's uh, this might be just be like this might just be to the media and like might be to other teams saying hey we don't want to trade these guys and he might be willing to trade them but it seems like with these moves maybe we're probably not going to trade these guys and these we're not going to have that many assets here because we need those elcs to fill in in future years but i will say this kyle dubas also said i didn't want to trade our first round pick yeah that's true that's true that's true (laughs) right we uh But but I think I think with this Nylander signing, one thing it does for trade trade purposes, it gives us one clarity for next year. And the clarity yeah. is that hey, like there's gonna be like people are freaking out about a cap crunch. It's not gonna be a cap crunch. Next year it's gonna be like a little bit tougher. Next year will be tight, but like theoretically in the future it should be a lot easier. So that's little, like kind yeah. of the little right? bit easier. All depends how much the cap goes up, which we really don't know about. Yeah, but, you do. Uh, 87 and a half so, and then 92 and a half. I mean, like future years. Yeah. Way, way after that. Yeah, sure. Nylander at year eight. Let's uh, let's get projecting on that one. But, but most imp- most importantly, we need those ELCs to fill in, especially Cowan, yes. especially Minton for... Um, potentially Robertson, potentially Steves, potentially right. a whole mess of guys. 100%. Yeah. I know. I see what you mean there. Um, but I will say this. Brad True Living doesn't often trade first-round picks at the deadline whether that be because of how good the teams are, what their needs are. Like there's a lot of context missing behind that, but he did it. It seems like once at the deadline, that is once not even at the deadline. Sorry. That was in February. This one trade I'm talking about over like the last, I don't know how many seasons, like a lot of seasons. He didn't trade many first round picks to begin with, but he traded for Tyler to Foley. I believe he gave like a first, and a fourth and a little bit uh, extra after that um, for like three years of Tyler Toffoli, which I think mm-hmm. was an excellent trade for them because Tyler Toffoli was fairly good for them. Uh, but yeah, on top of that, like his first round, he didn't trade too, too many of them. I saw like he traded a first round pick for Hamannick, which didn't quite work out. Um, he got a first round pick back in the Kachuk trade he traded a conditional first, which there's like a hundred stipulations behind this condition for uh, in the Monaghan deal, Monaghan to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, I think there was maybe one more. I can't remember, but yeah. So he's not, he's not exactly a gunslinger. Like Kyle Dubas came in and his like first move was trading a first round pick with Patrick Marlowe. He, he traded, I don't know. He, he, he traded a lot of first round picks. I, I don't think have we drafted. I think we've drafted one first round pick that we previously owned. Like that was actually our, Whoa. no. Yeah. Do, do we even right. use one of our own first round picks during the entire Kyle Dubas tenure? Cause I think we like trade maybe the Rasmus Sandin year. 
maybe yeah, he traded back on that one. That was uh, traded back. Though, that was that's the thing. That was his first and only. That was because he just got into power like an hour before that. True. True. Okay. But yeah. But anyways, 29, 2019. Because no, Rodian Amarov was twenty twenty. That was a cap and in, that was the Kasperi cap and in pick. Yeah. 2021. We didn't have a first. That was Matthew Nye's year, I believe. So we didn't have a first round pick. Yep. Felino. That was the Felino one. Felino trade. Nice. Yep. Awesome. Nice. 2022. We didn't have a first. I don't even remember who they picked in that draft. Dennis Hildeby. Huh. Look at that. And then 2023. Eastern It was the Rasmus ending trade. Yes. Which so. is crazy. So we actually didn't have a first round pick for our entire. In aggregate. Yes, you're correct. We like did our not own use our round. own first round. In aggregate, we'd, we the only That's first so round pick funny. we made, he traded later. That's so that. funny. That's so funny. Yep. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, his first two picks, I believe, were Rasmus Sandin and Sean Dersey. Either those were the two of the first three or the first two, because that Sean Dersey was a second round pick. And he ended up trading both those guys by the end of his tenure. So, yeah, that's that is very funny. But, anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, you want to talk about some trade targets here? Sure. What do you, do you get to pick? Do we want forward? Do you want a D? Let's let's start off with some D because I feel like we highlighted that as like the most important, um, most important um, like need I guess for the Leafs here is upgrade on defense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, listen, no no disrespect to Benoit. He's played great. But, mm-hmm. again, that's a spot you'd like to upgrade down the stretch. Because, uh, he, yeah, anyways. I think he Go could. He has some potential to play the third pairing. I mean, sure. Simone Benoit has given the Leafs a lot to think about. Like, I, I realize this is a guy we're talking about. He has, like, one point. That's it. All right. Yeah. Or one or two. All right, whatever. He's been solid for them. Like he really, really has been solid. His interior defense has been great. He's been fighting. He's been hitting. I find it very funny. Beginning of the year, people were like, Ryan Reeves isn't fighting. Oh, it's because uh, Sheldon Keith tells them not to fight. Sheldon <laughs> Keith tells them not to fight. I know it for sure. He's the one holding them back. And then meanwhile, we had like th- three games in a row worth of fights. So I don't know about that rumor there. So Simone Benoit definitely has given the least a lot to think about in terms of keeping them on the roster for the rest of the season. So we'll, we'll say, we'll, we'll add that. The number one thing I want to say about trade targets right now, the Metropolitan is quite a, or sorry. Yeah. The Metropolitan is quite a mess right now. Mm. When you look at it, it's one Rangers. Okay. Kind of project. They were projected to do decently, maybe at least be competitive, right? Hurricanes were projected to do very well. They're in second, Third is the Flyers. A lot of people wrote them off, including myself, which they could still miss the playoffs. They're tied, and I think the Flyers have the tiebreaker here, but same amount of points, same amount of games as the Islanders, who they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're right on the cusp. Outside of the playoff spot, imagine this when going into the year saying this, the Devils. The Devils haven't been able to figure it out. They've had some injuries. Hamilton, Stegenthaler's now injured. Jack Hughes has been in and out of the lineups. The goalies have not been very good. Below them is the Capitals, who've been fighting, made a valiant effort there. Below them is the Penguins, who, after a I mean, but they're 7-2-1 in their last 10, so they're fighting. They're still in the the hunt there. 
And then last place is the Jackets. They're kind of out of it. But that's a Jackets are a team that traded for players. They're, they want to be competitive. I don't think who are they going to sell at the deadline there, right? Are they sellers? What the, well, What is going to go, go on with the Jackets? So that's kind of confusing there. And so you have three teams tied at 44 points in the playoff cusp right now for the Metropolitan is at 46. So it's so, so tight. So like, I don't think any of those teams are going to be selling at the deadline, right? So then you take a look at the Atlantic. Okay, like the bottom two teams here, Buffalo Sabres and Ottawa Senators. Ottawa bought at the deadline last year. They missed the playoffs, but they're they're pretty good all in, like trying to push for the playoffs. And they're in last place in the Atlantic. One thing that's important to note, though, is they did have a regime change. So like based off of, I know you were just mentioning last year, just to like kind of contextualize. So we could be seeing like, a different a change in philosophy with how they might manage guys like Maybe. listen i know this is crazy but like jacob chitring like i i know that steve stales didn't bring him in right maybe steve stales doesn't like maybe he feels steve like steve stales to- doesn't like him then that's kind of moronic he's been their best no, defenseman obviously. obviously but i'm just saying like listen they need to move a defenseman maybe he says hey this guy doesn't fit in our window he's a ufa in, in a year and a half right like we could be having this conversation again next year who knows so yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I think they're going to kind of hold on. Maybe oh. Tarasenko becomes available. Maybe Matthew Joseph was they were They couldn't get rid of him at the beginning of the season. He's been one of their best forwards. Yeah. He was awesome against the Leafs. At least I'll tell you that. And uh, on top, top of that as well, they have um, Shane Pinto. Who's he's or, coming back soon. Yes. And they need to clear cap space Five to get him back. Well, so, they haven't even signed him or maybe yeah. it'll be like league minimum. I think they, to sign him, no, no, he is. Uh, I think he can. No, he's not arbitration eligible. Um, no, I think it'll just be take the qualifying offer, which I don't even know what that is. I think it's expensive, and I think that they'll have to clear cap no. space. He was off his entry level deal. Oh, okay. So it won't so be too sh- bad. Should be fine. He probably maybe. won't. Be bad. I mean, but uh, the, the situation. But yeah, maybe Tarasenko goes. Maybe Forsberg, someone wants him. He hasn't been playing that well this year. And then, like, you have Montreal, who, yes, that could be very well be a seller. They're not quite there yet. And then you have Detroit, who they've spent a lot of money. I think they really want to, I think some of those guys really, really want to push into the playoffs there, which they can. I believe their point percentage is better than Tampa Bay. So they're really, they're on the line there. So not a lot of teams that are obvious sellers like there were last year. Like, and then you look at the West and it's like, okay, Minnesota should sell. Chicago will be a seller, but maybe Dickinson, I don't know, out of there. The Blues are, again, in the mix, a weird one. The Yotes are a weird one. The Predators are a weird one. Uh, And then you look in the West, like the Kraken have won seven in a row. No longer sellers. Okay, and then you got the Flames, Ducks, and Sharks, right? So not a lot of obvious, not like as many obvious, obvious sellers, but that's what I wanted to bring up there. Right. So anyways, to look at some trade targets here, TSN released a trade bait board. Um, So I'll read off some of the names they got here. They got number one, Elias Lindholm out of Calgary. Number two, Chris Tanev out of Calgary. Number three, Jake Allen out of Montreal. Looks like they like, they're probably going to go with um, Sam Montembeau, who's playing some good hockey, and they just locked up. And Caden Primo, who's a younger goaltender, 
Number four out of Montreal is Sean Monaghan. Number five is Sean Walker. But as I mentioned, Philly's in a playoff spot. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Number six is Vlad Tarasenko. There we go. Number seven, Noah Hannafin. That's going to be, I don't know. Do they resign him? Do they? I don't know. Number eight, Anthony Duclair, as we mentioned. Huh, look at that. Number nine, Andre Kuzmenko. Number 10, Ilya Labushkin. 11, Pat Maroon. 12, Tyson Berry. 13, Jake Gensel. 14, Trevor Zegris. 15, Andrew Peak. 16, Kubalik. And then I'm not going to read off the rest of these. There's too many. There's a lot. There's a lot of players out there. Uh, one that I do want to mention that could be interesting is Nick Sealer, who is um, Sean Walker's partner in Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, we'll get around to that later. Just because he's all his name is also on the list here. On top of that, obviously Philadelphia. It's lower, but it. yes, it is on the yeah, list. And I, it definitely, he's a bit of a journeyman, but I, I've heard some yep. good things about him. So yeah, and if he he fits with Sean Walker, like if if you're a team that needs to like upgrade your defense, maybe this is like kind of galaxy brain here, but like I feel like you can get both of them and probably get them relatively cheap, and you have a pairing bang right there. If you feel like your third pairing is like completely inadequate. That's like a perfect tandem to kind of slide in there and, and eat, eat minutes as like a borderline two third pair, like a high-end third pairing, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. I they're, guess, yeah, They're doing but... pretty well in, in second pairing minutes in Philadelphia right now. Anyways, uh, didn't mean to sidetrack this. Yes, but also Darren Drager did say that Sean Walker could fetch a first, so I don't think it's going to be too cheap. He's playing some good Fair. hockey this year. Fair. Fair. Uh, so there's those players there. So trade targets for the Leafs. What do we need? What do we have? As we mentioned a few episodes ago, are you still on board? Number one trade target is defense. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's take a look at the defense, what they have right now. They have Riley Brody, Benoit McCabe, Giordano Logren. There are no injuries right now on the defense. And that's how it's sitting, right? I think they should give Logan more minutes, but that's neither here nor there. So right now, Riley is paired with Brody. TJ Brody's not playing good hockey. Yep. You know you don't have that many assets. You know the GM doesn't want to give up too many assets. Feels like you got to find a Riley partner. Last year, they were miraculously able to do it with a third-round pick, right? I don't know if I want to. Do I want to talk about this guy this episode? Let's do it. Number two on the trade bait board, Chris Tanev is a target, right? Brad Tree Living's very familiar with him. Brad Tree Living actually replaced TJ Brody with him a few years ago. Funnily enough, yeah. Funny enough. Calgary's very worried about giving Chris Tanev away for market value, which I think is a little bit more than a third, right? He's a defensive defenseman. He has like seven points this year. That's it, right? So how much does that really go for? But he could play 20 a night. So that's mm-hmm. always good. Kills penalties as well. Minutes eater. So how, what's he really worth? Definitely more than a third. I would probably say a second, maybe a little bit. Josh Manson went for around that, I would say. So I like Tanev a little bit better. So maybe he goes for a little bit more, but I don't. I wouldn't say a first. I don't think his market value for a defensive defenseman that has been in and out a little bit with injuries, a little bit, not, not big. He hasn't been injured this year per se. Some injuries this year, poco, poco, right? So a second in a little bit, I would say, and he's an expiring deal. You'd have to resign him as well. Yeah. What do you get with Chris Tanev? 
to me, the archetype is essentially Brody from beginning of last season. Picture that TJ Brody, right? Good footwork, defensive defenseman, good stick. I like the edges. He does a really good job. He's a little, He's got some good range to him, I would say. And he does a good job at keeping a good gap between him and the opposing player. Similar to Brody, he's not the fleetest of foot, but he's a decent passer. I didn't see too many times he got hemmed in his own zone, right? I really like the anticipation. And the big thing to me, like the number one word when I was watching him that came to my mind with Chris Tanev was smothering. But again, he's not physical. He has like seven hits this year. Very similar to TJ Brody as well. Mm-hmm. And like Brody, he has like seven points this year, but he's playing a lot better than TJ Brody this year. I will say this: there's for the, the expected goals for percentage for Flames defensemen, I think it goes number one, Nick D. Simone, I want to say, but he's only played like six games, so doesn't count. Number two is Zadorov, but Zadorov got way more offensive zone starts than him. And then I think number three is Tanev at around 50%. Pretty darn good, especially for a guy that's starting only 45% of his start ozone start uh, 45% ozone starts. That's like the lowest on Calgary amongst um, regular defensemen. The one concern, obviously, is he's older. Again, as I mentioned, not fleet as the foot. We saw what happened with slower-ish defensemen in the playoffs against heavy four check, and he's been beat up. He blocks a lot of shots, mm-hmm. but I think that would be a huge upgrade and could provide a Shen-like um, addition for the Leafs to that Riley pairing and give them, you know, they could give the Leafs 25 a night in the playoffs, right? So yeah. in summation, not a physical guy, but a very good defender, good feet, Good stick. Not going to give you a lot on offense, but I think could be a great fit with uh, Morgan Riley and should not cost a first round pick. In my opinion, he should not cost a first round pick. So then your pairings could be Riley Tanev, put Brody on the left side to maybe help him a little bit with McCabe. And then you go Benoit and either Logren or Giordano or someone like that. Or if, you know what? You're, not you're saying you know Brody's been brutal this year. Then you throw Brody on the third pairing. Yeah, right. That's f- that's fair. Um, so it'll help your penalty that, kill, and it'll help. I, I think it'll immensely help uh, Morgan Riley. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a, a big thing because especially, yeah. especially like you mentioned before, TJ Brody just doesn't feel like his old self playing on that right side. Yeah. So I would like to see him come back, play that left side here. Um, yeah, I love I love that look. I love that little. Yeah, and uh, in terms of it, like when you look at the trade board, like Hannafin's going to cost an arm and a leg, yep. obviously, and you're going to want to extend him, but it's going to be expensive. Is it worth it? That's another story right there. I think Hannafin's a good player, though. We'll say that. I'm not going to throw cold water on him at all. But in terms of these other defensemen here, like you, like they're not. There aren't too too many top line guys proven top line guys available i don't think tanev is a a number one defenseman i don't think he's a number two defense i think he's in the same tier as jake mccabe right yeah Yeah. around i think he's around that kind of 
like capability. He's a good three four, right? Yeah, but I, yeah, or, like like you, you like don't you have the assets to acquire one. So on on top of that, there there really is no other one available. Like you just said, like there really isn't. Like who, no. who can you? We can't just make up these people out of thin air and just be like, no. yeah, let's get you're it. not getting Mackenzie Weger. I would love yeah. Mackenzie Weger. You're not getting Mackenzie Weger. He's he's six two five, which I guess in some way, shape, or form, maybe you can make work. But I just don't see him available. Like he's just not available. He's a great defenseman. Yeah. I would love Mackenzie Weger. Tell that. Yeah. Can't say that enough. Um, yeah. So. I, I love that look for Chris Tanev. You're also just to mention makes four and a half million dollars. So that would like that slides in perfectly to imagine this team didn't have an injured injured Klingberg and whatever their plan was for Klingberg, just put Tanev there instead, right? So just makes it uh that much easier to make the money work, which is always important thing to consider here. Yeah. Uh for him. Like you said as well, only seven points. So I, I can't imagine you you can't be asking for a first for a guy like this. That's just crazy. No, um, I, so. I, yeah, seven points in and out of the lineup with injuries. Like, it feels kind of like, in terms of value, in terms of trade value, it really does feel like Manson. But yeah. Manson didn't have very good public numbers, so people mm-hmm. shit on that trade. Tanev does. So, but again, like, I, I think he's a decent puck mover. I think he's a good enough puck mover. He's smart. He's not going to skate the puck out, but I think he's a smart passer. So there's that. Like, yeah. yeah, in terms of D men, like the Leafs do need a D man. Like, there's not too much available here at the moment. I will say that. Like, they- yeah, I mean, if, if, like, I haven't looked enough into Sean Walker here, though. I don't know if you've looked at Sean Walker at all. I think it's someone I have, and I'm going to get to him, though. Yeah, he's someone we should get around to because I think he. Like he's small, but like he could work here. Like he's his underlying number. Yeah, he's from Toronto too. So his like underlying numbers are actually really freaking good. Like really, 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 really good. I'm just curious to see how he plays, like what his style of play is, right? Because mm-hmm. being 5'11 is not doesn't help you in, in top bearing minutes, especially considering like why Tanev I think is so important, like that this team needs to get is that like I, I know. People, I often make fun of people who talk about size and, and stuff like that, but we are going to be playing Florida for sure. And then yeah. we're probably going to be playing one of Boston or whoever else. It's it's, it's not an easy road, right? No. So Florida's a good I, team. Our, we our, way yeah. underestimated them. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, and our deer are also kind of undersized. Like, not they're not the biggest. So um like a point there yeah it's like why not try and like build on that like weakness by getting a guy like chris Tanev, who's i know he's only three inches bigger and he uh, he doesn't even play that like he doesn't play big he doesn't hit yeah he's not not like a hitter he's not strong i think he's a little hmm. bit better in front of the net than like brody is even though i'm yeah like the comparables are crazy man like the leafs the the flames replaced Brody with Tanev, he did well, and the Leafs got Brody, so it's it's really really funny that way. And yeah, Chris Tanev shoots right. You don't have a lot of right-handed defensemen, really. You have Lilgren. Yeah. That's it. That as well. That as well. So, so Sean Walker, I will say this: Do you know? Um, so he played in a certain championship game. There's a few NHLers that came out of that game that are in the NHL right now. 
Do you know which game I'm referring to? Champion, like a, a minor league game? Like, is that? Junior. 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 Mm, no idea. OHL 2012, Cup? 2012, 2013 OJHL Championships okay. at the Shiverdome St. Mike's. New Market versus St. Mike's. It went to game seven. Guess who had two points in that game? Maybe even Sean more. Walker. At least a goal. No, Mitch Marner playing Mitch a year Marner. older. He was in minor midget that year. <laughs> I still remember talking to someone on New Market, Tommy Breda. I went to high school with him, and I was like, this Marner kid, he's going through all you guys. He was like 5'6 at the time. And he's like, I keep talking. You got to hit him. You got to hit him. He can't. He can't. He's <laughs> just too good. You know who else was on St. Mike's? Who? Jake Evans. Wow. Montreal Canadian Center. You know who else was on New Market? On defense as well. I'm going to cheat right now. Dermot. Oh, interesting. Any... Dermot. I don't think anyone else. Dermot, yeah. I think that's no, I don't see anyone else. Goalie, maybe. Yeah, no. That's uh, the OJHL that is a deep history. Cut. That is a yeah, deep cut. Pretty cool. Anyways, so Sean Walker, we'll take a look at him, see what the dealio is there. Um, so th- that that's a guy on the trade board that I took a look at. Like, other defensemen on the trade, like Hannafin, I, I I like. I think he's a solid defenseman. I don't think he's worth a billion dollars. Like, like he he was offered offered sixty million dollars. That's just way too much for Noah Hannafin. And I think yeah. I think he is a decent two way defenseman. I like some some offensive ability I, in there. Yeah, I like I like Hannafin. I think like. I just don't think we'll ever. I just don't think we have the assets to acquire him. It just doesn't make sense. And assets and tr- I like you don't have. Like he's fit. not like half elect- efficient enough. I don't yeah. think for that number it would be worth it. Yeah, when you so. when you have yeah, like you can't have him and Riley on the left side both. You know what I mean? Like we need we need more right side defensemen, like you said. Yeah, you like need right more handed. Yeah, defensemen. true. Even yeah, even just like true, actual yeah, you need someone on the right side there. Yeah. Um, I will say this every time I think of Noah Hannafin, like he, he was a top four pick or top five pick. He was number five mm-hmm. to Carolina, right? And he's a good defenseman, right? Good top four. He's a top four defenseman, I would say. Not a yeah. one or two, but he's a top four defenseman. Craig Button in his draft year was like, I don't really see the offensive upside really there. And I, I was like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's been right, though. Yeah, he fair. was he was pretty spot on in his draft analysis. People don't give Craig enough but, uh, enough Craig Button enough uh, credit. Don't give him enough buttons. Don't give they don't give him enough buttons. And <laughs> if you want to, a lot of people have been pulling up old Nylander clips, mainly me. If you want to hear a good analysis, listen to Craig Button after William Nylander got drafted, and tell me that's not spot on. So yeah. Anyways, um, um, the defenseman so- I have notes on next that i'm going to talk about aren't really on these trade boards but should i get into them well i have a question for you first let's say let's say we can't get um no uh chris tanev for a like unless we give a first right and we're not getting anything back straight first and then also sean let's say same thing with sean walker here so let's work our way down the tsn trade board right we we've highlighted we need a right hand defenseman. Philly won't part ways with Walker without a first. Calgary won't part ways with Tanev without a first. So we're stuck. So we go down to the next right handed D on the board. 
and this is just purely off the top of your head, gun to your head kind of thing. Ilya Labushkin is the next guy on the board here. Are you interested at all in reuniting Ilya Labushkin and Morgan Riley? As like a last resort. It really depends on the price. Like, Let's say it's like a third or a fourth. It honestly feels like too much. But maybe a fifth. Is Ilya Labushkin really an upgrade to what you have on the right side? Like he makes you a little bit tougher, which is nice. Mm-hmm. He'll clear the front of the net more, which yep. is nice. But he, and he also worked he I don't want to say he worked with Riley because it was kind of like it was not the turned best over the puck pairing. a little bit too much. Yeah, they, they were our worst pairing in that Tampa series. Um, if you uh, go back and look yeah. at expected goal numbers. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Expected goal. Um, so it's a small sample though, obviously. But yeah. Um yeah. He clears uh, the he clears the front of the net well in terms like and also checks boxes that, that we needed. Regards, check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, as we mentioned, the Ilya Labushkin effect. <laughs> like yeah, like, like it, it was something when you're lacking something so so badly that you get like a decent someone that's okay at it, that it, he it just seems it, way but way above what what you have. It's like a relativity uh, a relativity effect kind of thing. Labushkin, like think about this though. Like if you were to acquire Ilya Labushkin, I don't know about putting him with Riley. The, then I think that I would argue that there's no point in acquiring. Like I know I have brought it up to you, but like I would just say there's no point to acquiring him then because you you might as yeah, well just put Labushkin versus Benoit. Like yeah, I guess yeah. I don't know. Kind of have Ilya Labushkin at home, right? Yeah, he too. To an extent, I would say, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where I'm like, mm, I don't know about the that only, one. The only problem is is that again, like we want right side guys, right? That's yeah, like our, that's the thing. There's a right side guy here at number twelve, Tyson Berry. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, third no. pairing, he makes a lot of money. That's the issue. No, and I don't no, think no, no, no. Nashville's going to be able to retain, and no. he has term left too, I believe. Right? Uh no, he's a UFA. I'm. I'm. Is he UFA after this? Year? Yeah, I'm striking that down though. I'm not allowing that. I will. I will walk up to Lee's headquarters, Scotiabank Arena, and protest. Come on, sheltered Tyson Berry. I don't think that's what we need. I don't think that's that that that's a need for us at all. It could help, but I don't think that's a need for us at all, honestly. I have a feeling they wouldn't play it properly, so that's where it wouldn't work. For sure. But I think there would be some sort of addition. I mean, like when you look at it, the Leafs' defense has been abysmal offensively this year, and that's that. Like that's true. You kind of need some offense from your defense. Very, you know, that's very. You're true. not getting shots through. You're not getting any sort of offense. Like those are you're, yeah. you're, there's Riley and then it's McCabe after. And yeah. That's like, and then after that, it's like okay, maybe Lilgren. I don't even know what he's he's been in and out, so it's been it's been tough, tough to, to, to gauge evaluate numbers, for sure. But yeah. yeah, no, that that that's a great point. That's a great point. Um yeah. Yeah. So I but guess again, again, you're not gonna play him properly, so no. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, and then last last guy on the trade list here of all the right D available, Matt Dumba. I feel like that's like he makes too much, and I feel like it's just not the right play style or archetype that we want. I feel like Matt Dumba's best years are behind him as well. So I don't know. If I took a look at a Matt different Dumba. defenseman in Arizona, so I didn't Let's get look. to watch much of Matt Dumba. Yeah. So I don't have a a solid opinion on him. Mm-hmm. But again, he's 
doesn't do him much offensively. His numbers were he plays a lot, I think. He plays but a ton of his numbers minutes, weren't yeah. great. The, the one guy I was looking at was surprisingly he had the best expected goals for percentage out of all defensemen. There yeah. was a guy I, I looked at him because of you. Yeah. And he's not on this trade board at all. Nope. But you so Valamaki, I thought was interesting. Very, very interesting. The only problem with him is that I'm I brought him up to you. He's a left-handed defenseman. So it's like yeah. So that would mean it would be Riley Brody, Valamaki, Benoit on the right side. Yeah. yeah. The one issue that I have is that the one game I watched, it was against Ottawa. So yeah. I might have to save that one for next week because I was like, wow, this guy's moving the puck so well. And then I'm like, Ottawa's just not forechecking. Ottawa's just not playing defense in the neutral zone. Like, that's like saying, that's like, oh, you made a great outlet pass, like, at a, in a bowling alley. Like, okay, mm -hmm. fantastic. So I'm going to, I'm going to take another look at him and I'll circle back. We'll circle back yeah. next week on so, Yusuf Valamaki. Just, just to like kind of elaborate a little Even bit. Even though they're not on... getting him, but. Yeah, I, I doubt they get him, but there's like a small chance and there's like a kind of thread that you can follow on him. First of all, he was drafted by Bratcher Living. He used to play for uh, used Calgary, to play for Calgary mm -hmm. um, until I believe they, they put to, him on waivers. How did he get to Arizona? He, he was put on waivers. Bratcher Living put him on waivers. That's true. That's he true. Sent him away. But I think that was that not because of they Injuries. thought that Shillington was going to play for them for sure. And like, well, it was, yeah, it was Shillington started to actually, no, Shillington played well. Shillington played very well. The year and before. Valimaki but... had torn his ACL. Yeah. Valimaki mm. was playing. He was like, it was like, okay, we got, maybe we got something in this kid. Then he tore his ACL and it was just a long, long journey back. And it was like, okay. And they kind of set him free. And Valamaki had 34 points last year, which is good. But this year, I think he only has like six. But yeah, I he's not, not doing very well. Very there. Yeah, there's something, there's something there. His, there. His, and his underlying numbers love his love his defensive play too. So like he's also big, 6'2", 205, like kind of checks those. Again, doesn't we play. Doesn't play physical, big, but just, physical, just still. But. Yeah, fair. But just still checks boxes, which is nice yeah. to see here. It's just there's like a small thread of like, hey, maybe. We could go out and get him. The only problem is, is again, he's a uh, not a UFA. He's an RFA, and obviously the Coyotes are in a playoff spot, so yeah. they probably do want to keep him. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, the Coyotes are in a, such a weird spot. They don't have a defenseman signed after after this year. So yeah, but Jersey, part... him and Jersey are RFAs, aren't they? Yes, yes. Him and Jersey so, are RFAs. They have a yeah, bunch of yeah, RFAs. Yeah, you have um, that at least, right? Yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, yeah, he plays PP1 for them too, but with, with Jersey. So they, they roll two. I mean, it's crazy that a team is in the playoffs rolling two um, defensemen on their power play, but, or I mean, no, I think they all, that or they, Jersey got injured. Jersey got injured. Okay. So he was playing. He's PP2. Okay. So he, he, has a, he had a PP2. He has a ton of time on ice on the power play. So yeah, must be from the Jersey because dream. He handles the puck well, but I'll get yeah. back to him next week. Um, I do have one other defenseman. Fire off. I have notes on. He's not on the trade boards. Dave Pegnotta said that the Leafs checked in on him. So that's why I wanted to do a deep dive on him. And that is Mario Ferraro 
from King City, Ontario, left-handed defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. Um, what the heck happened to my analysis? I had all these notes. Oh, there we go. So what is Mario Ferraro? I realize I said the, the Sharks stink. He was dash three last night. He had, but he's he's trying hard out there. He had like six blocks, six hits. So he he's to put it away, he's an effort-based player. When you go when you watch a Mario Ferraro, forget analytics, forget scouting, whatever, you're just gonna go, wow, that kid loves to compete. Yeah. But he he hits and he blocks a lot of shots. In terms of his numbers. They're not great, but his offensive numbers are up from last year in terms of individual. He's 50, he has 56 shots this year. At the time I did that, he was 22nd amongst all defensemen. That's at five on five. Eight points, which is 87th amongst all defensemen. 3.22 individual expected goals, which is fourth amongst all defensemen. And 63 shots blocked, which is 11th amongst all defensemen. Those are all at five on five. His expected goals for though is at 41%. His PDO is a 947, like just getting bombed out there essentially. But so the big question with him is his numbers are terrible. There's no doubt about it. His numbers, his underlying numbers are horrible. Is it him or is it the team? That was something I really needed to decipher here. Why are his numbers as bad as they are? Because although you're you're playing big minutes on a bad team, is it partially you? You're out there a lot, right? Like you got to ask some questions. Like obviously on a good team, his numbers wouldn't be this bad. I don't think anyone's would be right. But you got to ask the question, why are they as low as they are? To start off with his offensive game, it's limited. I don't like his hands. I don't mm -hmm. think he's very skilled. Passing the puck, he's not great, not terrible, but not great, I would say. His speed, his straight line speed is decent. His edges are okay. Like I'd say his skating is okay. It's not bad. Uh, he seems to be in the right position more often than not. I watched a game. It was against the Devils and the Rangers. So two pretty good teams. And from what I saw defensive work, I saw him switching into good spots off the rush. Last night he, on the Holmberg goal, he really could have angled a lot better. He was in no man's land and it got chipped by him. But for the most part off the rush, it seemed like they were targeting Ty Emerson's side because that was a much easier entry. Ferraro like, will take the body on you. He will hit you pretty hard. So that's where you don't really want to get hit. So don't, don't put it on his side. Um, his stick game was okay. It was nothing great. Like That's in terms of you know takeaways with your stick. Like something TJ Brody... Think prime TJ Brody. That was excellent. Ferraro was, was okay, right? Um, like defending the cycle, he was all right. He seemed to be in good position. As I mentioned, his awareness seemed to be pretty pretty decent, I would say. Um, again, blue line um, entries defense, as I mentioned, was all right too. Offensively limited. But what I noticed was there was a lot of extended cycles in the Sharks' end when Ferraro was on the ice. The forwards on the team are very bad. That's something you have to remember. They are terrible. They're lazy at times. And so it wasn't always his fault, but 
you know, he wasn't exactly intercepting cycles like I saw with Chris Tanev. Like Tanev, I saw intercept a lot. Like, you know how in the offensive zone on a cycle, players going up the boards, you throw it around the boards to get another guy on it to continue the cycle. Tanev did a good job of intercepting those. I've seen in several games with him where he's able to intercept the cycle, move the puck up the ice. I didn't quite see that with Ferraro, which is an issue for a defensive defenseman. If you want to be a very good defensive defenseman, you got to then be able to move the puck up the ice at least, right? Mm-hmm. With him, it was a lot of glassing out. It was a lot of just hammer it off the boards, right? There was one, a couple interesting times where he would invite contact. It was smaller players, but like Jesper Bratt, like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to reverse hit you when I have the puck. So that was interesting. Again, loves to block shots. Uh, always blocking shots, always physical. And then you got to think, okay, so if he's on a better team, what does it look like? I think he will bring some, you know, cycle defense, some um, entry defense. He'll bring some of that. Will the offense get better? Will he be jumping up more? Will he be more willing? Hey, I don't have these lazy idiots on my team. I don't know. That was inappropriate, but whatever. I don't have these guys on my team that are not good defensively. Maybe I can, as we've seen with Riley a lot, as we've seen with every Leafs defenseman, you know, jump up into a rush to then get the defense guessing on who the puck's going to go to, not necessarily contributing, but being up there to create that distraction. Someone, could he do that? Cause he's a decent skater. Maybe I didn't see a lot of jumping up offensively though, from him. I didn't see him picking spots offensively to, to pinch. Right. So will he do that on a better team? I don't know. He works hard. Maybe he'll be receptive mm-hmm. to some, uh, uh, some different coaching. So yeah, as I mentioned, you know, block shots on the PK, defend the cycle, defend six on five. Um, under heavy four check, he could struggle because he's not the greatest puck mover. Kind of reminded me a little like Ron Hainsey. Okay. Maybe a little better, like Ron Hainsey. Glass right? note, guys. So what, what's your note. final verdict on him? Like you would you could do Riley Brody, Ferraro, McCabe, Giordano, Lilgren. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's a good use of your assets, though. I understand yeah. he has term I, at three two five. I don't think it's a good use of your assets, and I don't think you really should be looking for that. Yeah, right. I on a I good just, team, I think he's a five. Okay, you'd be playing. You need a four at minimum. He's he's probably a five. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think that it makes sense for the team. Just with the, like you said, the term sense. and the, like the term, the assets you give up, plus the amount he makes three two five. I just don't see him fitting in our top four. I think his flaws are too. He's a he's a guy who would work as a third pairing guy, but again, he's making too much to be a third pairing guy. So, um, doesn't work for me. The biggest I liked his play. The problem, the biggest problem I had was like you said, I noticed exactly what you're saying in the puck handling and physicality thing. Yeah. There was a a. a, a I only like watched these last two games of him against the I wasn't watching for him specifically, but there were, there was a time where he caught like turned over the puck. Yeah. I, 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 no one's fault other than his own, just mishandling the puck. And then also another play that sticks out in my mind was he was unable to like gain body and physically like dominate Nick Robertson, which is like a big problem macro wise. Cause like, if not you can't, huge. not huge. Yeah. 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 If ball. you can't, if you can't beat Robertson, like, 
using your body, then like who who are you going to beat in the NHL, right? Yeah. So he, he does have the compete level there though, which is important to note. So yeah, I, I yeah. agree with. Uh, He's playing first analysis. pairing with a, not another first pairing guy, also. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as you mentioned, compete, but. Then you got also his def- defensive defenseman. That Nylander goal that I mentioned, the behind the net one, where there were several mm-hmm. passes just in a high danger. It was pinball, him and Tavares. He was on the ice for that. He wasn't in a very good position, I would say. So I was like, yeah. hmm. But I thought his defensive positioning was all right for the most. It was good for the most part from what I saw against New Jersey and New York. But I saw a couple gaffes in the Leafs games. So yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. I. Like you always want to add a guy that's, you know, gonna, gonna go out there and fight hard. I think if the Leafs were to trade for him and he were to play say after three games, I think there will be people that will love him. Mm-hmm. Love that he's putting his body on the line that he's hitting. I'm sure at home he would fight. He's not a fighter. I'm sure he would fight just to get people going. I don't think he's what you need. I don't think he's a good use of your assets. And I don't think he quite fills the need i'll say fair fair enough all right i appreciate that that was good analysis so yeah not too many good pieces that are available on the board here feels unfortunately like. yes <laughs> yeah tough cool. no jake mccabe's available nope so um yeah those are the defensive defensemen i had taken a look at um Additionally, I, I did take a little bit of a look at Mike Matheson. I don't think he's number like 30 on this board. He makes $5 million for two years after this one. Um, good puck moving defenseman. I, I loved his ability to move the puck up the ice. I think he's, again, another second pairing guy, more offensively leaning. Um, I, I like the skating. Yeah, again, I mentioned the offensive ability, uh, but I don't think he's going to be moved quite yet. So. Does he have term on his deal for next year and the year after till 2026 i don't think he's going to be moved yet okay yeah interesting i think he could potentially fit but i think he's a lefty too so yeah he's left-handed i would like to see a right-handed defenseman that would be nice we don't don't have any yeah crazy but Yeah, so those were a few trade targets. Um, I do have. I did get some good notes on a Montreal forward, but we'll save that. Save, save that for, for another, another time. We're running pretty Beautiful. long on this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you have anything else? That's it for me. That's it. Same here. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We got a back to. So we got Thursday against the Isles. Back to back. Who's going to be in net? Who knows. Um, so a couple competitive games finally coming up. Thanks everyone for listening. Go leave.